The Golden Hour Birth Podcast, a podcast about real birth stories and creating connections through our shared experiences. Childbirth isn't just about the child. It's about the person who gave birth, their lives, their wisdom, and their empowerment. We're Liz and Natalie, the Golden Hour Birth Podcast, and we're here to laugh with you, cry with you, and hold space for you. Welcome to the Golden Hour Birth Podcast. I am your co-host, Liz. And I'm your co-host, Natalie. And tonight we are featuring a mini episode on a little toxic positivity, um, a little social media sharing <laughs> that we see in motherhood these days. <laughs> the favorite phrase, you got this, mama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely have caught myself saying that to other moms. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what you mean there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, so for me, I think we we were on a podcast last night and we talked about this a little bit, but how different motherhood feels like the second time around and just like feeling so much more comfortable, like in my ability, even though I wanted to like quit parenting tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like when I was postpartum with Wes, I just feel like I found so many things on social media and like while I found some of them to be good and things I like needed I also like found myself going into more anxiety and my sister even said it too she's like you guys just like have too much info almost Mm -hmm. like you guys see all these people on social media (laughs) and like you're comparing yourselves and like that was so true for me Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to be on a sleep schedule like all these things and with Violet it's totally different like I feel like I'm more comfortable I feel like although like in the beginning I definitely got like in a rabbit hole of like the whole tongue tie and lip tie and all the appointments and what could help her but like now being out of it and like being removed from that hard time and like that hard period I feel like I'm more confident in my abilities and who I am and like listening to them and listening to myself and yeah I think social media was rough for me and that fact and just yeah now we like send each other um reels of like my morning yeah. routine <laughs> and we just like make fun of them yeah or like just the more relatable ones of like my morning routine before my kids wake up i'm freaking sleeping yeah <laughs> they are my alarm clocks yeah <laughs> it's just so silly like social media is just kind of dumb <laughs> anyways like now like you really have to kind of curate yeah. yes like yeah when i had arthur i was on all the um the due date groups which are just a joke (laughs) and then um like breastfeeding groups and just whatever it was and it was always just like oh you know you you keep going don't quit on a bad day and all this stuff and it's just now that i've you know curated my my groups and my list of um like who i follow on instagram it's just, yeah, my mental health is, is way better. Yeah. And you're not always in this, like, state of, I can't say negative things. Yeah. Because you feel like you should always just, Zelda, you're all wrapped up in the cord. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, you feel like, um, it's like you can't say a negative thing because... 
people take that is to mean that you don't love your kids or something. And yeah. it's just like, it is just so mentally draining. But now that I feel like I've found my village and my people, yeah. it's like I can say the negative things and not be shamed about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So true. I think even like when we were out together and somebody was talking about the formula I give Violet and you were just like, Natalie, don't listen to her. <laughs> it is. She is doing so well. And like, you know that she is. And like, after that, I, I just keep thinking back to it. Like, I'm not going to switch it because she is doing so well. Like, we're on a good thing. We have a good thing going. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to like take one negative comment and take it to heart. Yeah. And what was that? Um, I, re- I remember when I was searching for the best formula for a month the best formula for arthur um yeah i went down some rabbit holes and i ended up ordering european formula yeah <laughs> and it was so expensive and uh bobby wasn't around then oh bobby, and yeah. um i would have used that probably yeah um, being in that mindset that i was yeah back then um i wanted you know, I was checking all the ingredients and, you know, sometimes that's important if your baby needs special ingredients and things like that. But yeah. mine, mine didn't. But regardless, yeah, I just went down this rabbit hole of like he needs the best ingredients and all the stuff. And then I realized like formula is one of the most um tested foods. Yeah. Because, you know, one infant gets sick or dies or whatever and it's a complete recall mm-hmm. so yeah like it it's scary when there are those recalls and stuff but it's it's regulated mm-hmm. you know and i'm not gonna go down the rabbit hole of <laughs> government <laughs> conspiracies but yeah i mean yeah you can pretty much say anything is bad but yeah yeah I think, um, like to kind of just wrap this up and like, just tell like new moms or moms who are going through it to like, find your village and like, find the people that you can actually just, you know, rant or vent about anything that you need to and like, find people that support you because that's what's going to make it. Yeah, for sure. And if, you know, the more crunchy side is your thing, find those people and and you know i'm not saying don't listen to other people but just trust your trust your gut and you know yeah. don't let other people like sway you yeah that mother is intuition yeah it's always and it's, right yeah it really is and you just got to trust yourself find your people <laughs> and if you need any resources or group recommendations <laughs> yeah or instagram recommendations we got you <laughs> find your people and be able to pivot yep <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us for our mini episode tonight and now we have a special treat for you we have michelle mueller who is a wife mom teacher and the creator of play sdl an instagram account for st louis families Michelle shared her story with us, and we're going to 
share that with you now. And we'll link Michelle's Instagram account in our show notes. And if you want to share your story with us um, in a recorded format, go ahead and reach out and we would love to have your story on. Thanks. Enjoy. Hi, guys. My name is Michelle Mueller. I am a wife, mom, and teacher in the St. Louis area. Um, I also run an Instagram account for families in St. Louis called Play STL, where I share like all kinds of events and places to go um, with your kids. Um, Natalie and Liz reached out to me and asked if I wanted to share my birth story. Um, and it got me thinking because I have three children, but I think my first daughter, um, I think that birth story is probably the one that stands out the most, if that makes sense. Um, so that's the one I'm going to focus on today. So. Um, it goes all the way back to my husband and I were freshmen in college at SEMO. Um, we were dating. We had dated in high school, so um, <clears throat> we had been together for a long time. And it was actually um, my husband decided to transfer to SLU. So we're getting ready to go into our sophomore year of college. And I was in a sorority. I was going to move into the sorority house. Um, and he was transferring to SLU. So we were really struggling with that um, situation. Um, the night I found out I was pregnant was actually the night before I was supposed to move into the sorority the next day. My car was totally packed. Um, it was all ready to go. And I was telling my husband, well, now husband, um, I just feel like something's not right, you know. And we called my sister down to the basement and we were like, what do we do? I might be pregnant because um, my period was late, which was extremely rare for me at the time. Um, so my sister went to Walmart and got some pregnancy tests and came back. And of course, they were positive. So um, my initial, like my immediate um, natural reaction to finding out I was pregnant, even though I was 19 years old, was joy. Um, I just, I've always wanted to be a mom. So I was super excited. Um, that there was a baby growing inside of me and um, that an initial reaction was pure joy. Um, but as, you know, the seconds moved on after I saw the positive test, um, reality kind of set in and I was thinking about college and what will people think and what am I going to do and how am I going to support this and all the things, right? Um so that night, we called my mom down to the basement. We told her as well. And long story short, I went to Merrimack for a semester and then took off the semester that I had my daughter. So I continued going to school. I had to transfer at the last minute. Um, and then once my daughter was a little bit older, I went to Webster University. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity to still go to school. And my husband was working three jobs to support us. And all that is fine. So... While I was pregnant, um, I went to the doctor and they, um, they said what I might have is a bicornuate uterus and they didn't seem to know much about it at the time. My daughter's 11 now, almost 12, so this was a while ago. Um, they didn't know much about it at the time and everything online was negative. Um, essentially, a bicornuate uterus is um, two, two horns to a uterus, so a uterus is usually a triangle. Um, but mine is like 
like a heart kind of, and it has like two sections to it, if that makes sense. So there's a septum in the middle, and then there's a right horn and a left horn is what they call it. Um, so when I was 13 weeks pregnant, we knew I had this bicornate uterus, and um, I woke up in the middle of the night um, feeling wetness in my pants, and I went upstairs and went to the bathroom, and there was just blood everywhere. So I was sure that I had miscarried. Um, I was 13 weeks along. And I went to the ER. My sisters and my mom, my husband were there. Um, and I'll never forget, I was laying in the bed and I told them, I think I miscarried. Um, I was 13 weeks, so I was pretty far along already. And um, they put the probe on my belly. And I remember hearing the the thump of a heartbeat. And I I cannot explain the relief that came over me. Then it showed up on the screen and I saw my daughter moving around. Um, so I can't, the relief was just, I can't even put it into words. I was so incredibly thrilled that, that I hadn't miscarried, but I wasn't really sure what happened or what all that blood came from. And, um, so the pregnancy was pretty uneventful. Um, like I said, I was 20 years old, so I was pretty physically fit and healthy. I was 19 when I got pregnant, but 20 when I had her. Um, and because of the bicornuate uterus, they were watching me often because they didn't know how much my uterus would stretch um, because it's, again, it's like half of a uterus. It's not the whole uterus. And Bella was in my right horn, my daughter. Um, so they were watching me weekly just to see how it was going. I made it um, all the way to 38 weeks. And um, the day I went into labor, I was so fed up with being pregnant. So my dad, my sisters, and I walked around a track at Fox High School I think I walked two miles um, because I heard walking can put you into labor. So I was like, okay, let's try this. And we went home and I was having Braxton Hicks and all that. Um, and then that night I lost my mucus plug. Um, so at the time I'm living at home with my parents because I was younger and um, my husband was pretty much living with us in the basement and sleeping with us, working three jobs. Um, so the night I went into labor, I was sitting in the family room of my parents' house. All my siblings were around when my contractions started and they kept getting worse and worse. And my sisters were so excited about the baby that they started, they got out like the timer and were taking timing the contractions. And they were getting so excited because they were getting closer together. And, and then there was like this sudden pain through like my backside that I like couldn't sit down. It was like back labor. Um, it was like my rectum, and it was just insanely painful pressure. And I was holding myself up on the couch in pain. And my dad was like, yeah, I think it's time to take her to the hospital. Um, so we got to the hospital, and I was four centimeters dilated. And um, they gave me an epidural and all that, but I had back labor, or I think that's what I had, um, where it was, again, it was just like my rectum area and backside was just so excruciating that nothing was helping. So, um, I was, I was given the epidural, just waiting, waiting. And then when my labor started, um, the, my, the doctor wasn't in and I just told the nurse, I remember telling the nurse, I'd like jumped up and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to push. Um, it was just like this instinct. Like I felt like my body was just starting to do it, you know? Um, and my husband jumped up because he was very excited. So they got me all ready to start pushing. And 
he saw that, I guess, and got lightheaded. I mean, I'm sure it's it's a, a sight he didn't expect to, or know what to expect from that, but he almost passed out. So here I am getting ready to push, and he's about to pass out. And the nurses were giving him water and graham crackers. And my mom was in the delivery room with me, and she was coaching me through. She was like, okay, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. And at the time, it felt like the nurses weren't paying attention just because they were helping my husband not pass out. But um, the doctor came in the last minute. Um, I pushed, and she was born. To be honest, I don't have a whole lot of recollection of after that moment. I feel like it was just such an exhilarating experience, and it was just so much going on. Um, I kind of, like, blacked out. Um but it was, overall, it was pretty uneventful. My bicornate uterus did not affect the pregnancy much at all. She came two weeks early, but she was healthy and everything was fine with that. Um, for my other two, um, I had to have C-sections, um, which I can talk about a little bit too. So Vivian, my six-year-old, um, came at 38 weeks, and Jack, my three-year-old, came at 37 weeks. Um, both of them, I went into triage with pain in my stomach, just really bad pain. Every time the baby would kick, I, it felt like like I couldn't take it. It was hurting so bad. Um, so we were worried that they were stretching out my uterus too much, that it might rupture, you know, with the bicornia. I'm high risk. So anyways, whenever I ended up going in, the doctors were kind of unsure of how to handle a bicornia uterus because they don't really know how much more it can take or how much the baby, how much room the baby has. So with both my younger two, they decided to just do the C-section and take the baby to be safe. Um, the C-section with Vivian was really, honestly, it was kind of fun. I was just, I wasn't expecting to have the baby that day. And I went in for pain and they were like, all right, we're going to take her. And so I called my family and everyone came up there. Um, the C-sections are incredibly scary. Um a lot of people in my family are medical professionals. I'm not. I'm a teacher. So I'm not used to an operating room. Um, and I think the worst part is getting the spinal block. Uh, you just have to bend over and you have like all these like garments on that were making me hot and I was getting wheezy. And I remember that after they gave me the spinal block, they laid me down and I couldn't feel my toes and I couldn't move my legs. And that was terrifying. It I was like, oh, my God. I, I mean, it's working. But to be trying so hard to move your legs and not be able to is something I've never experienced. So I was I was thinking of people who are paralyzed and how difficult that must be because I could not wiggle my toes, but I was trying so hard. Um, so Vivian's um, C-section was, was great. She was totally healthy. Um, when she came out of the womb, she was, like, talking, talking, talking. And the nurses were saying they've never heard a baby talk that much. So um, it was really a fun, uplifting experience. And the same with my husband. I mean, not my husband, I'm sorry. With my son. Um, he came three weeks early. And I, it was the same thing, a C-section. Um, this one was a little different. I kind of started to get, like, lightheaded and woozy during it. So, you know, they have the anesthetist right next to you. Um, so I started telling him, like, oh, I feel kind of like, like, everything's like blurry. I feel kind of foggy. Like I don't feel like I was consciously as um, present as I was with Vivian. Um, 
And then when the baby came out, you know, they're cleaning her off and everything. And the hard thing about a C-section is I didn't get to hold them. Um, I, I think in some cases you can, but I did not. Um, my husband held her. But it was really hard to be on a table uh, under, you know, under operation and seeing this baby to the left of you. And, you know, my husband, the nurses all, are all gathered around her or him and her. Um, and I just wanted so badly to hold them. And I was asking questions. And what does she look like? What does she, you know? And they wrapped her up and gave her to my husband. And he brought her over to me. Um, I will say the downside to having the C-sections was that lack of initial contact right after birth. Um, I guess every C-section is different. But in my case, they had to take the babies and, and work on them and me before I got to hold them. Um, especially with the second one, because I was so woozy and kind of lightheaded. Um, so it it was that was difficult for me. Um, overall, I've had um, incredibly, I'm incredibly grateful for my pregnancies um, and my deliveries and the way my body um, has performed, you know, these tasks. I think with um, the C-sections and with Vivian and Jack, and I, I hate to say this, but you know, I felt a little bit um, shame or embarrassed to say that I was having a C-section, and I don't think that should be the case. Um, you know, it kind of got to me that I wasn't able to do it the way my body was meant to do it. Um, they were both breech, and since I had the bicornuate uterus, they did not have room to flip. Um, so by like 32 weeks, the, there was no flipping for them because there was not a lot of room. Um, I got so lucky with Bella because she did flip head down and I was able to deliver one naturally. Um, I just feel like C-sections you should be just as proud of. Um, and I say that, but I still, you know, it's society and everything tells us different things. So it was hard for me to accept that I didn't do it the regular way, um, that I had a C-section. And then after that, um, with both Vivian and Jack, I was exclusively pumping. Um, I had a really hard time with my kids, with latching and um, feeling comfortable. You know, when I was going places, I, I personally was just super uncomfortable breastfeeding. Um, I wish I was comfortable with it, but it just wasn't natural and it wasn't working well for me. So I was exclusively pumping. And people would ask me, are you breastfeeding? And I would say, well, I'm exclusively pumping as if, and I kind of felt like it wasn't enough. I felt like I can't deliver them naturally. I can't feed them naturally. Like, what can I do? Um, and I and I think I need to be kinder to myself about that because I worked so hard. I exclusively pumped my youngest for nine months, and that was not easy. And um, I'm proud of myself for that. I really am. Um, but again, society tells us so many different things about mothers, and it can be really hard for us after going through um, delivering a baby. Um, I feel very grateful that everything was okay with our pregnancies and our deliveries and my babies were all healthy. Um, I cannot imagine, you know, what some people go through when things are not okay or it's emergencies. So my heart really goes out to those people. Um, but it, these three stories and these deliveries and births are definitely something that made me who I am today. and. I will carry with me the rest of my life. Um, and I just feel so grateful that I'm able to tell this story. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Golden Hour Birth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it insightful and beneficial. 
Remember, the Golden Hour Birth Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. If you appreciate the content we bring you each week, consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform or sharing the show with your friends and family. Your support helps us reach more people and continue creating valuable episodes. If you have any questions, suggestions, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on our website, www.goldenhourbirthpodcast, or connect with us on social media. We value your feedback and want to make sure that we're delivering the content you want to hear. Before we sign off, we'd like to express our gratitude to our incredible guests who joined us today. We are honored that they trust us enough to be so open and vulnerable. We're grateful for their time and willingness to share their stories with us. If you're interested in taking the conversation further with us, join us on our Facebook group, The Golden Hour Birth Circle. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode, so be sure to tune in. Until then, stay golden and remember to take care of yourself. We'll catch you on the next episode of The Golden Hour Birth Podcast. Bye!